everyone, it's Leslyn Keith here again with another research update flash briefing. I'm the director of research and president of the board for the Lipedema Project. I'd like to keep you abreast of the latest research of relevance to lipedema with these flash briefings. Today, the paper I'd like to tell you about is called The Effect of a Low-Carbohydrate, High-Fat Diet on laboratory parameters in women with lipedema in comparison to overweight slash obese women. And this was written by a group of clinicians and researchers, including Dr. Anjay Zuba, who we know from other papers, and they're all from the Rokla Medical University in Poland. It was published in the peer-reviewed journal Nutrients in June 2023. The aim of this study was to evaluate the alterations in blood work over seven months on a ketogenic diet in women with lipedema in comparison to overweight or obese women. Blood work examined included liver enzymes, glucose, a lipid panel, kidney function, and thyroid function. So what were the methods that they used? Well, they had a total of 58 women with lipedema with normal weight or with obesity and 57 women with overweight and obesity, no lipedema, and they were enrolled in the study. So a total of 48 female patients completed the seven-month low-carb, high-fat diet, 24 women in the lipedema group and 24 women in the overweight obesity group. And as I said, the intervention was seven months using a low-carbohydrate, high-fat, ketogenic diet. This is what they measured in that study. So they did BMI, they did a waist to hip ratio. They did a bunch of circumferential measures around the waist, the hip, the thigh, calf, and ankle. They also tested their adherence to the low carb, high fat diet. So they checked this at two and a half, five and seven months. They also did, of course, the blood labs. And these were all done after 12 hours of fasting at baseline. And they also did them at the end of the interventions, what, seven months. And so here's the blood labs that they did. They did several tests of liver function. That was the ASPAT, the ALAT, the GGTP, and the ALP. They also did a lipid panel, and that was total cholesterol, LDL, HDL, and triglycerides. They did some tests for kidney function. They did creatine, GFR, and uric acid. They did TSH for thyroid function. And for metabolic health, they did HbA1c, glucose and insulin levels. They did an oral glucose tolerance test and a HOMA-IR. So let's look at the participants. So anybody who didn't meet the criteria for being in the study were excluded. And they also had other exclusionary criteria. So for instance, if they were pregnant or breastfeeding, if they had lymphedema or edema from chronic venous insufficiency, if they had heart or kidney or liver failure, diabetes, thyroid disease, several other conditions that, yes, do happen with lipedema, but they didn't want someone who had those conditions because it might confound the results. We're trying to do a very narrow thing of just what are the blood results for someone with lipedema who uses a low-carb, high-fat diet. The participants were all female, and they divided into either a lipedema group or an overweight, obese group without lipedema. 
And as far as the lipedema characteristics in the lipedema group, majority were stage two, and that was 54%. The most common type of lipedema was type three, and that's waist to ankles. That was almost 71%. And 33% of the participants in the lipedema group were affected in their arms. So looking at the two groups at baseline, how comparable were they? And so they were pretty good. There was a few differences that were notable, however. As far as age, the lipedema group was actually younger, average age of 39, whereas the obese overweight group was 49 years old. And weight, the lipedema group weighed less in comparison to the overweight obese group. That was 86 kilograms versus 90 kilograms. And waist measure, the lipedema group had a smaller waist measure, 98 centimeters versus 106 centimeters in the overweight obese group. And the waist to hip ratio, as we've come to expect, the lipedema group had a more favorable waist to hip ratio. They were 0.85 versus the 0.93 in the obese overweight group. And the lower body measures, lipedema group had a larger lower body measurements. And again, as we would expect, as far as the blood work, the LDL in lipedema group was lower than the obese overweight group. And that's interesting that the LDL in the lipedema group was 118 versus 146 in the other group. And that is what's called near optimal range, because that near optimal range is 100 to 129. We really would like the general conventional wisdom is that the LDL should be less than 100, but it's near optimal to be between 100 and 129. And the lipedema group is 118. But at the other group of being 146, they were in what's called borderline high. So the LDL was much more favorable. If you look at conventional wisdom, it's more favorable in the lipedema group. And then as far as triglycerides, again, more favorable in the lipedema group. They were 83 versus 118 in the other group. And HbA1c, glucose, insulin, home IR, all of those markers of metabolic health, slightly lower in the lipedema group. So then they also looked at who of all the participants in the study in both groups, who had characteristics of metabolic syndrome? And this is abdominal obesity, high blood pressure, impaired fasting glucose, high triglycerides, low HDL. So that's a cluster of symptoms that would give you a diagnosis of metabolic syndrome. And only 50% of the lipedema group had those characteristics, while 68% in the comparison group had those characteristics. So again, um, the lipedema group was more metabolically healthy. And now for diet. So both groups were to engage in this low carbohydrate, high fat diet. And through the diet adherence, the food logs that they did, they were able to see how the two groups actually, what did they actually eat? And so just give you a little idea of what they ate in lipedema group versus the overweight obesity group. In lipedema group, it was just under 3% of total calories were in carbohydrates. A little over 70% were 
were of the calories were in fat and 21% in protein. And that's compared to the overweight obesity group that had just over 1% of total calories were carbohydrates. So remember the other group was just under three. And again, about 70% of fat, very similar and 21% for protein. So pretty close between the two groups, what they ended up eating, slightly less carbohydrates in the overweight obese group. So now let's look at the results. So both groups lost a comparable amount of weight as well as had a comparable amount of measurements on their lower body that decreased, which is pretty remarkable because typically if these two groups would do any other diet, the lipedema group would not lose size on the lower body. This one they did. And then looking at their blood numbers, a couple of notable differences. The LDL actually went up in the lipedema group after eating LCHF, while it went down in the overweight obese group. That's very interesting to have a different response. But even though the LDL went up for lipedema group, no other markers of what we consider to be markers of health or that no others changed unfavorably. It was just the LDL. And the jury's still out on whether or not LDL really is a marker of if it's high, if is it poor health. So that was interesting. Totally different response as far as LDL between the two groups. So let's look at some of the other blood numbers and the differences between the two groups. So there was a significant decrease in triglycerides in both groups, actually more in the obese group, just about 13% decrease for lipedema and about 33% in obesity. But remember that the obese group started out with a higher triglyceride level than lipedema group. So they had more for the triglycerides to come down. And then the HDL went up actually more in the lipedema group, went up just under 10%, whereas the obese or overweight group only went up about 7%. And then liver parameters. The improvements in liver and actually in glucose tolerance and insulin were observed in both groups, although they were less pronounced in the lipedema group. But remember, they started out to be more favorable in the lipedema group. And again, a kidney and thyroid function were similar actually before and after the LCHF diet. So definitely no adverse reaction to the diet. And they both groups were actually okay prior to the diet. And and the prevalence of the diagnosis of metabolic alterations in the study groups before and after the dietary intervention, there was some differences in that as well. So their conclusion, the LCHF diets have a potential to improve metabolic outcomes in lipedema and overweight obese patients. And the observed improvements in weight in BMI and triglycerides in HDL in liver tests and glucose tests and fasting insulin levels, all these suggest that this dietary approach can really have a positive impact on the management of both of these conditions. And the lack of adverse effects on the kidney and thyroid function highlights really that this is a, a safe dietary intervention.
And it was good that we had actually a longer duration. This was seven months for this. And so it gives us a little bit more reliable information about the safety of using an LCHF diet in the treatment of lipedema. And including an overweight obese group allows for a better comparison between these two groups. And it gives us a more robust interpretation of the results. Couple of limitations. The sample size was relatively small at 24 in each group. And so that may limit the generalizability of the findings. And it did not measure really long-term, you know, beyond seven months. So that would be good. The authors suggest at least 12 months. So those are improvements that can be made, but otherwise a very nicely run study. And I think that this paper and this study is important for individuals with lipedema because it continues to bolster the evidence that carbohydrate restriction, especially to ketogenic levels, may be an effective and safe intervention for lipedema. And it also shows differences in response to the diet between lipedema and obese females. Really interesting. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. You can now also follow Living Well with Lipedema on Amazon Music and get new episodes that have become available. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Research Update Flash Briefing.